Yes, people, it is Wednesday, which means it is another episode of Echoes from the Goddamn Void. Yo, people, got to mark it on your calendar the 20th of July. Yes, 20th July, people. You think, what's happening on the 20th of July? Jeff Bezos is sending motherfuckers into space. That's what's happening on the 20th of July, people. Woo! Yep, yep. So, they are sending, um, yeah, sending up one of their space capsules. And uh, it's going to have a crew, right? It's going to have people, right? So, the, the rocket is called New Shepard. It's kind of lame, but hey ho, right? And um, yeah, it's gonna be a suborbital flight designed to take passengers on a straight up and down trip that briefly goes above a hundred kilometers, 62 miles to you lay people. All right, so um, yeah, they're calling it the Carmen Line, which has been designated by Board International Agreement as the starting point of space. Dum dum dum. So yeah, like if you've got a whole hunk of change, you might be able to get on one of these flights. I mean. First of all, it's gonna, he's going to go. He's going to go first, right? With his little peoples, his posse, that inner circle. But yeah, then it's just going to be those rich motherfuckers taking trips into space. But, I mean, yes, like NASA, they designated that as space. But uh, it's not really, right? It's not really. Hearing? <laughs> it's space for pussies, but it's still space. It's still space, right? It's uh, motherfuckers that get drunk on Alco Pops, right? Te- yeah, they are technically drunk, but they're also lame as fuck. <laughs> oh, man. Now, what might change though? Because. Bezos is getting divorced. Now, what I find is weird, right? All of a sudden, there's everywhere you go, there's all these articles like Jeff Bezos and his wife. I think the name begins with an M. I forget the name, but because I don't care, right? They're getting divorced, and it's all big news. And I'm just like, we knew this. <laughs> like, this isn't news. We knew this months ago. We knew this last year that those motherfuckers were getting divorced. And, you know, she wants half. He don't want to give her half. You know, we, like, that ain't new shit. Right? She's already got a new dude. He, I think he's got a new chick. I think he's married her already. Well, no, he wouldn't have married her because he's not divorced yet. But, you know, they're, they're looking too. Right? So... They're both hooked up, right? So, and she's all, they're both silly rich already. You know, it's, it's a stupid thing. But yeah, like, this ain't news. We knew what's going on, 
Right, so what the fuck? I'm like, ugh. It's irritating. It's irritating. But what? I mean, we don't know what this is yet. But another crazy thing. Trump has set up a um, a new communications. What are they saying? It's a communications pack. He's launched a website. I mean, that's the gist of it. Right? I mean, there there were reports, right, that he was going to launch a a social media website. Now that, oh, that was like, oh, what's he gonna do? Like, what is this? But no, this, what he has just launched is a website, right? It's a website where uh, he will be putting out his messages, right? So that's the big thing. So his press releases, anything he wants to say, it's going to go on a website first. So I imagine, look, set up an RSS feed, be on a newsletter list, all of that bullshit for um, these messages. So they're calling it straight from the desk. <laughs> from the desk of Donald J. Trump. <laughs> it's amusing as fuck. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, man. It is so funny. Like, um, yeah, it, it, there's a sign-up button. It's like, want to be notified when President Trump sends a message? It's so weird that you can still be called president even when you're not president. Right? Because it makes no sense. It's when people call people champ who are no longer champions. I was like, what's going? This is confusing shit. But yeah, it's a website. That's what he did. He launched a website. Uh, yeah, it'll be um, interesting to see how many people go over. And then, like, wh- how many people are going to, like, want to advertise on that website? Because you know it's going to get traffic. So, hey... Yeah, you're going to get people seeing your shit. So, hey, might be a thing. Might be a thing. Now, he's um his press secretary or his press person. They are still kind of saying that this social media website is coming. Now, that's what I want, right? That's what I want. Because that's going to be hilarious. You know what I mean? I think that's going to be hilarious. But. It needs a good name. Like Trumpified. <laughs> oh, man. Like Orange Face. Yeah, Oompa. Oh, could just call it Oompa. Right? Because, you know, Oompa Loompa people. Oompa Loompa. Yeah, that'd be great. That'd be fucking great. But, yeah, we we got to wait on that. It's a shame... But sometimes, hey, you you got to dig for that gold, people. So, um, yeah, Trump's got a website. Are you going to sign up? <laughs> oh, man. Whew. See, they, he says you can like the content, right? But it should just be, uh, there's a button, like, top Trump, right? Something like that. I don't know. I haven't worked out these kinks, people. I'm just thinking the shit up as I'm going along. But I think this is going to be funny. 
things going to be funny as fuck. But, listen, people would think it's going to be some crazy, some, you know what I mean, him trying to... It's not. It's like, ugh, you know what I mean? It's just like all the other countless bullshit websites out there. It's just taken him so long to do it. Right? It's insane. You can't... You know, be like, why it takes so long, motherfucker? Why the fuck it takes so long? You know, they started. They started this four years ago. <laughs> oh dear. All right, people, let's get let's get popping on the rest of this motherfucking episode. All right, all right, let's go. A former Catholic priest. Is wanted for um, rape, essentially. Right, it's weird because the way they worded it in the the court documents, he's um being charged with two felony counts of carnal knowledge by force of a minor under the age of eighteen. How, just say rape. He raped the dirty fucker. Raped two boys. So yeah, he's he's getting charged with that. So he's currently in Australia. Because he's an Australian guy. And um he was ordained in Australia in 1976. But here's the thing, right? And and this is why the church is a problem. So while on uh seminary, so he, he was in his um, you know, the seminary thingy to become a person in a church, and they f- they said he had been exhibiting homosexual behaviour, right? I think he tried it on with some students, so they sent him to the states. They sent him to the states for uh, conversion therapy, and you know. Get him out of the way. So while in the States, that's where he did his thing. So this, you know, he, he passed in. So this all happened in 76. And the um the charges are for the these rapes that happened in 79 and 80. Yeah. So you're just like, if the church had just, you know. Dealt with shit Instead of just farming him out This would not have happened Wouldn't have happened So I do kind of feel like In um You know If if you Hide a weapon or something like that You're You're you're, um, in on that murder charge Right I think people need to be You know In on these rape charges because if you have a church who who knows someone has been, you know, harassing and trying to, you know, do certain things, but instead of dealing with the matter, they just pass that person on somewhere else. They're complicit with whatever that person does going forward. You know, because they could have dealt with it, could have dealt with it, but they chose not to, and so this dirty piece of shit, what happened was, he took a couple of kids 
to um, a ski resort in Rockingham County. Took him on a ski trip saying it was a church event. But it was not. And while there, he sexually assaulted them twice. You know, just... <sighs> not good. Not good. And, um, you know, while he was in Australia, he did it again. He did it there too. Right? So, he, um, he was charged in 2006... Right, for five counts of indecent indecent assault of two teenage boys. And his, his, he did that, was sentenced for 18 months. I'm like, what the fuck? 18 months. You gotta. You just gotta go, what the fuck? What's that? Right, you get more. For not paying your taxes, right? How the fuck can you get a worse charge for not paying your taxes than you can get for rape? It is bizarre. It is so dirty and bizarre. But yeah, I think look, all of these different incidences, which the church could have just dealt with, could have dealt with. And if they had, these things would not have happened. They wouldn't have ruined all of these different people's lives. And imagine, right? So these are four people that we know. Four people that we know. So I guarantee there are a lot more. There are a lot more. And then there are the ones who he tried it and either didn't take the bait or just was able to get away, right, man, this dude needs to rot in jail, (sighs) needs to rot in jail, and the church needs to, they need to do something, right, because these things, they just keep on happening, keep on happening, man, it's insane, it is insane. Okay, so, um, it's all a bit weird over on Facebook, right? Now, they were having this big meeting to see whether Trump could come back Because they banned his account, right? So, after the Capitol riots, they, um, yeah, it said he broke their guidelines Right, broke their, um, glorification of violence rules so they banned him for 24 hours But then Afterwards Even though he was acquitted Of doing anything Old Zuckberg Said that allowing Trump To post Was simply too great Which is just like What are you talking Like it's stupid It is all very fucking stupid You know what I mean but yeah, so they had this indefinite ban Indefinite ban So, this all went to their oversight board Their oversight board was to look at everything And make a decision whether Facebook and Instagram can ban Trump Forever 
And um, looks like the oversight board says no. <laughs> right. So, uh, yeah, they put out a couple of tweets. They said within six months of today, Facebook must review this matter and decide a new penalty that reflects its rules, the severity of the violation and prospect of future harm. Facebook can either impose a time-limited suspension or account deletion. Facebook cannot make up the rules as it goes, and anyone concerned about its power should be concerned about allowing this. Having clear rules that apply to all users and Facebook is essential for ensuring the company treats users fairly. This is what the board stands for. I mean, that is good, right? Because having, like, the ban itself is just ridiculous. Because you think of all the other problematic people on Facebook, and that's just not just general public. But think about, you have people that have been convicted of rape, and murder and just all manner of things who are allowed to have accounts right who are allowed to have accounts so you gotta think to yourself what are we what's going on you know there's one person who everyone decided they don't like right everyone's like ah we hate trump fine who cares but that's not enough to go, he's not allowed to do this thing. When you're letting all these other people do these things, right? Because if you're banning that, I remember when um, Biden got in, AOC, right? AOC, who everyone loves. Well, not everyone. <laughs> um, she said that people that voted for Trump should be put on a list and held accountable. Now, if that's not inflammatory, I don't know what the fuck is, right? But a normal person hears that and just rolls their eyes and just be like, oh, that's so dumb. But, ugh, whatever. I mean, it's not going to happen. So you just don't pay any attention to it. That's how normal people react to these, these stupid things stupid people say. You don't go, oh, I can't believe she said that. Ban her. How dare she? Ah. It's just like, ugh, I don't care. Like, they're all morons. <laughs> I mean, they're all stupid people who aren't in these things for the greater good. It's just like, how can we lie in our pockets? So who cares, right? But if you're banning him, then technically you should ban her, right? And all of them say these dumb things. All of them have these weird rhetorics. All of them say inflammatory comments. That's what it seems to be to be a politician, you know what I mean? They're all lying. Right? I mean, look. There was a point when um, the old vice prez and prez were, were at each other's fucking teeth. 
you know, vying for the nomination, and then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, like the things that were said, right? The things that were said, and then all of a sudden they're meant to be friends. Say what? Like there's, it's not like apologies were made. Now maybe in behind closed doors, right? But when you say things in public, you gotta apologize in public. You gotta go listen, what I said wasn't actually true. Or this was true, but but I didn't mean it. You read I thought it's just weird. It's weird. But they were doing all of that. So does that mean they're not allowed on platforms for the things they it is it, it's like you could go around in circles with this shit. Right? But then these these people in the public eye, but what about just your general Joe and Jane blogs, huh? Now there are people that post stupid, stupid things every day. There are people that send dick pics. There are people that send abuse. Right? So should just all of those people get blanket bans? Now, a lot of times they get banned for a week, a day, or whatever, whatever. But should that be longer? You know what I mean? Like, what's happening here? Right? What, what are we doing? Because you can't say, oh, he said those words, they're bad. They sent a dick pic, but, eh, you know. Like, what? How does all of this equate? Right? So, it, it's good that this oversight committee has said that. I say six months is kind of bullshit. Right? I, I think a lot of times it's like just make a fucking decision. You could say you've got a week. Make a fucking decision. You should be able to make a decision in a week. It's it's like they've had all this time to think. But they've been thinking about this. They've known this is coming. So do your business, man. You've got a week. Make a decision. It's not difficult. Right? It's not fucking difficult. So yeah, I, I think it was the um, right thing for those peoples to do. But yeah. Giving a six-month time frame is just a bit lame. Just a bit lame. But their 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 message that if you think this is gonna stop with him, that's very important because yeah, no, it's not. <laughs> you know it is not. Right? So uh yeah. I don't know, man. Interesting times, right? Interesting times. Alright, so um Pelotone have got themselves in a bit of a sticky situation. But there's a couple of things about this whole thing, right? So they um I forgot, but they diversified. Because you know, everyone knows Peloton for the bikes, right? You can do your class and Connect with people and you know all that jazz, but you know bikes are expensive and how many more bikes are you gonna sell, right? So they decided to do running machines, 
So they've got the Tread and the Tread Plus. Don't ask me for the difference between the two because I do not know. Anyway, a um a kid was they're partly being recalled because a kid was killed by one of the running machines. Right? Which I will say, I guarantee I could kill a kid with any sort of running machine. It doesn't have to be a Peloton, right? I could kill a kid with a running machine, with a bike. Jerry, hey, kids, they're not that tough. Especially six-year-olds. You could kill a six-year-old with a lot of different exercise things. Like battle ropes, definitely battle ropes. Skipping rope. And don't get me with dumbbells. That's just too easy. Oh yeah, kid got sucked underneath it, which I kind of feel. I think you know, getting near to any sort of machine like that is a problem, right? Is a problem. Is this thing like oh, and people you know suffer cuts and abrasions? Like yeah, no shit. I've fallen on a running machine. I think I fell twice. Yeah, I fell twice. Once in front of a whole heap of people. Oh my day! I went flying. Man, just took all the skin off, like my shoulder, my knee, my arm. Oh, it was crazy. Didn't hurt. Didn't hurt until I looked at my arm, and then suddenly, woo! But yeah, if you fall, you're like you're going to fuck yourself up. Because it moves, those things move fast, right? So, they're not, like, they're safe until they're not. <laughs> I mean, that is just what they are, right? I mean, anyone that fucks with things like that and assumes, assumes that you can't, you're a moron. If you think you can't get hurt, you're a moron. And why would you let a kid... Near one of the no, no, <laughs> right? If an adult fully can fuck himself, yeah, kids can die. Kids gonna die. It's standard, right? So um, yeah, they're partly being recalled for that, and um, in the UK they're being recalled because so they have a monitor on them, and the monitor can detach. I think you can take the monitor off. So they're like, oh, sometimes it might get loose and just fall. Right? So it's for that. But anything that's detachable can come off. Right? These are standard things. Now, Bellaton fucked up, though. Because this all... They could have fixed all of this ages ago. Right? Because the kid dying happened earlier in the year. And at the time... Right, when it first happened, I think it was in March, right, first happened in March, and they were just like, um, it's a tragic accident, one of a small handful of incidents in which children might hurt themselves, you know, but it's, it's just one of them things, right, and as part of their apology, <laughs> their um, their boss, the big boss who owns them, John Foley, right? He says, "I want to be clear 
Peloton made a mistake in our initial response to the Consumer Product Safety Commission's request that we recall them. So you were told to recall them. And they're like, nah, nah, it's all right. But the thing I love about that is the guy that owns the company is like, Peloton made, be like, no, 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 that's on you. (laughs) Like, you're the one that decides that shit. Right, it's not a sales clerk that's like, you know, everyone else is like, I think we should return to sales clerk, like, nah, nah, I think it's cool, I think it's going to be cool, we don't have to do that, everything, trust me, it's going to be fine, no, right, homie owns the company, he could just go, we're going to recall all of these, but he decided not to. He decided not to because in a push, no one wants a refund, all of that. Because they have to give out full refunds. So some people might have had those machines for a year or so. They're battered. You know what I mean? They've, they have warmed them out. But got a refund. Got a refund. And they're thinking, oh man, it's been a year and we haven't been able to do everything we can and we usually do. So this money, I mean, this money's good money, right? We don't want to give this up. So yeah, they didn't recall them. And uh, yeah, now they're trying to, uh, you know, tread water, trying to make sure they're not going to sink anymore. And uh, yeah, sort all of this shit out. But it, it's just crazy, I, I just, I think that response, that uh, oh yeah, I I think Peloton made a, be like, you made a mistake fucker, you made a mistake, which is amusing right, because some places that's, you're done now I mean, you're getting ousted, but I, I, I don't know, looks like Foley might be might be cool Foley might be cool but uh, we will see. We will see what happens. A 21-year-old woman has been arrested for smuggling cocaine. Right? Now, some people are so dumb. When you're um, coming back from certain... Co- there's certain countries, right, that get extra scrutiny. Get extra scrutiny... For, um, you know, drugs. Because people often try and smuggle drugs from those places. So, if you're going to do it, you got to... I mean, it's got to be in a way that is so... You know what I mean? So interesting. Like, I don't know, try and dilute it. I don't know, you have to mask it so well. This woman... What she did, she tried to put it in her shoes. So she had, um, I think it's like seven pairs of shoes. And she took the the sole up, right? So she took the sole up and put the drugs underneath, then put the sole back down. But, right, dogs are still going to sniff that shit unless your feet stink so bad, like, so bad, you know what I mean? those dogs are going to find those drugs, <laughs> and, and the thing is, if your feet stink that bad, 
then no one's gonna want those drugs. You know what I mean? That was a, a, like drugs weren't in bags. She put the the you know what I mean the 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 coke in the shoe, and they don't look like new shoes. So you know what I mean she's put this coke in her dirty ass shoes. A dirty ass shoes. Trying to smuggle it in. So straight up, right? We got a problem, right? You, you know, I mean, you grab that bag of coke and you be like, "Why does this coke smell, man? Like, what, what's the deal here?" And yeah, I said, "Look, if she's got funky feet, because I'm thinking that that's the only reason you're pulling it in the shoe like that, right? Because your feet are rank. So you have just." You've just contaminated that coke with your rank ass feet smell. What are you doing? Like, what are you doing? Your shoes are in your bag. Dogs always sniff the bags. They're like, (laughs) he's moronic. He's so stupid. But yeah, this woman now. She's fucked. <laughs> She's fucked. Right there. So they say it was. Um, oh, fuck. What was the amount? It was three pounds. Three pounds. They say that's worth $40,000. Because I don't know. You, you think three pounds. You're like, eh, that's not that much. Right? And when you see the picture. Of the shoe, you're like, yeah, that's not that much. But I guess you're buying Coke really in those small little baggies, right? So, yeah. I mean, it's not the same as weed, right? But 40, 40 fucking thousand dollars worth. Woo! Contaminated $40,000 worth with a stinky feet. <laughs> and now, yeah, she is going to jail. And you're thinking, right? I wonder how how long she's gonna get for that. Some dumbass shit. What a fucking fool. What a fool. But yeah, that's what happens when you try and be a gangster. <laughs> Well, this is uh, a little crazy, right? So, a um, a woman has just given birth to nine babies. That's right, nine. Which, I don't know what you even call nine. You know, because eight is six touchlets, right? So, yeah, I'm not quite sure what you give nine, call nine. But, uh, yeah, it's a, a Malayan woman. And uh, Ms. Mali is not the richest of countries, right? So, they sent her to uh, France. Well, no, they sent her to Morocco, right? They sent her to Morocco to have the kids. The crazy thing is, right, the Moroccan hospital said, oh, yeah, they contacted us uh, a month and a half ago. And you're kind of thinking... Surely, once you know, right? So someone's gone in for checkups and they're like, oh yeah, no, you're pregnant. 
oh shit, it looks like you're gonna have a gaggle, right, so wouldn't you have contacted, you know, another spot straight away, you know, thinking, this could be a problem, I don't think we can give birth to these kids in any of our hospitals, but yeah, they waited until a month and a half ago to do it, which, I mean, that's lucky, because the kids were premature, you know, they they came, she was 30 weeks pregnant when um, the kids dropped, but yeah, nine, right, so it's five girls and four boys, which, ugh, I mean, that's a friggin' handful, I mean, that's insane, the other crazy thing, the woman was 25, Right, and I mean, okay, <laughs> I, I I wouldn't call it extensive research. I did a quick Google, <laughs> and it said that the um the the chances of multiple births rose with women over thirty five, and this didn't really happen with women younger than. So, yeah, I feel 25, that's a, that's an interesting one, right? So, yeah, no, she, um, Malayan woman, and, um, yeah, she's in Morocco. So, biz the kid to her early, and she experienced um, severe bleeding during birth. She's uh, in hosp- still in hospital over there. you got to wonder, what? Is the um, and I know look, this might sound morbid, right? But what's the, the you know, what's the what's the chances for you know those kids because if they're premature, um, you know, I think that's that can add complications, but when you've got so many. You gotta wonder what was the distribution of nutrients and, you know, hormones and all of that shenanigans, right? Because, yeah, that's a lot to go around. And, you know, being a poor country, right, does this young lady, is her, I think, what's her health like? You know, is she getting a, a good balanced diet, right? How healthy is she to be able to provide, you know, for the kids? And how, like feeding, God, like that's going to be a problem, right? So, you know, you get those splitters for plugs, right? Do you care? Um, like splitters for nipples, right? She's gonna put like these multiple teat hookups on so she can feed all all nine at once. <laughs> because you know, you gotta feel for that ninth kid and then be like, the time it gets to the fucking teat, it's probably gonna be dry. It's gonna be like, oh for fuck again? Again? God damn it. Yeah, it's going to be the scrawniest littlest motherfucker in the pack. <laughs> I, you know, when I was thinking about this, I'm thinking, yo, what, what's the number, man? Because I was thinking, I haven't heard of, like, that many. You know, you have triplets, 
right? Sometimes quad quadruplets, quads. I don't know. You had the fours, but I, I, like that's not exactly an everyday occurrence. It, like twins, you know, you get twins, but not really a lot of triplets. You know, but then I did remember. Um, there's that. Sh- there was that show. Like Kate and John and Kate and Eight or whatever, whatever. I always thought though, <laughs> I did not realize that those eight were all born at once. I just thought it was a couple with eight kids. Because you see this, you hear about this show on TV, and we're like. Ah, they got eight kids. Who cares? You know, you didn't realize she spit all eight out of the one spot. You know, that's like, oh, okay. But yeah, six uplets, they're not exactly all over the spot. All right, so nine kids. Nine kids. That's, oh man, that's got to be so fucking rough. It's got to be so rough, and I mean, what's it, you know, what is her friggin', I, like, she can do Kegels all she likes, but is that gonna fix, <laughs> is that gonna fix her undercarriage, you know what I mean, I'm like, she's probably wrecked, she is probably wrecked. You could probably lose a whole Thai football team <laughs> in a fucking vagina now, man. It's just going to be a mess. Oh, dear. Poor, poor lady. Poor lady. But, yeah. Whew. Hopefully she, um, you know, makes it out of that hospital. And, uh, yeah. I don't know, maybe she doesn't want to, because I just, I just couldn't imagine how much of a nightmare that's gonna, every fucking, like, just the morning, just all day, all day is, is gonna be a headache, nine fucking kids, oh, that that sounds like a nightmare. Sounds like a nightmare, people. Ain't gonna lie. Ain't gonna lie. But maybe she can get her own reality TV show. Who knows? Hmm. We'll see. What would you call it? The other side of the story? <laughs> oh shit. That was that was bad, I know. That was so bad. <laughs> the other side of the story. <laughs> Okay, people, so remember this week's chin check. We look at Bellator 258 and UFC on ESPN 24. Break those cards down. You'll want to check it out for sure. But before you do that, finish off this episode, all right? But then go check it out. Share it with your peoples. Maybe make a little flutter, flutter, flutter with the bookie. But people, let's get back to this episode. Alright, let's go. After seeing that it was coming for a little while, hearing I was uh I was interested. I was intrigued. I got into the books. 
right? Because I'd heard that, you know, they were good. You know, I'd always seen the name Lee Badadu around. So I was like, all right, I'm going to get into it. So I read the first two books. I found that they weren't for me. <laughs> I found they weren't for me. Now, the first, it had its flaws, but it wasn't too bad. And, you know, when things translate from one genre to the other, there's changes that are made. And you often find sometimes the kinks are ironed out. So I still was like, you know what? I'm going to give the TV series a go. So I checked out Shadow and Bone, the new Netflix series. It is eight episodes, right? Um, each episode is, I don't know, it's, it's about 45 minutes, 45, 50. You know, you know how they do, people. And, um, yeah, there is a lot of people involved. A lot. <laughs> oh, my gosh, there is a lot of people involved in this. Okay, so, obviously, as said, it is, um, you know, based on the books by Lee Badadu. Um, and so, Shadow and Bones is a trilogy. It's like, you call it the Grishaverse. So, it started off with the first three books. And then she wrote a sequel series called Six of Crows, which was a duology. That means two, yes, two books, right? So um, they've obviously with this because yes, after reading the first book, you notice and this isn't quite the first book. So they've taken stuff from this book and they've also delved into the Six of Crows series as well. So um, yes. They did that, and this was all developed and written by Eric Heiserer. So um, he wrote the scripts, and I think Heiser he has written a couple of really good things. All right, so he wrote the screenplay for Arrival, which I think everyone can agree. Arrival was pretty fantastic. He also wrote the script for Bird Box. Yes, Bird Box was very good as well. Now, he's also written a lot of trash. <laughs> he wrote the 2010 you know, remake of A Nightmare on Elm Street. He also wrote the fifth installment of the Final Destination films. And then the um, 2011 the Thing reboot, so, hmm, yes, there is that, there is that, but, um, you know, these things happen, right, these things happen, he's also one of the producers, along with Lee Tollard Kruger, um, Lee Badadu, she was one, uh, which makes sense, uh, Poya Shabazian, Josh Barry, uh, Dan Cohen, Sean Levy, and Dan Levin, as well as Christina Strain, Fan Watkins, and Rand Gija. 
Uh, so cinematography is from David Lanzerberg, Owen McPollin and Aaron Morton. And it's edited by Tyler Nelson, David Trachenberg, Nixon Howie and Lisa Bromwell. So yes, people, as I told you, there's a lot of people involved, but that's not all. Okay, so Joshua Transpens did the music. And uh, yeah, the cast. Whew, the cast. There is a lot of people up on board, people. There's a lot of people on board. So we have got Jessie Mealy. She plays um one of our main characters. Alina Starkov, okay, the Sun Summoner, all right, so she plays that role, we have got, um, Kaylin Tigig plays a younger version of Alina, we then have Archie Ranu, he plays Malin Orchazev, otherwise known as Mao. Right, and that is her childhood friend. Her, hmm, I mean, love interest, kind of. You know, you know how they do these things. And Cody Molko played a young Mao. Alright, so we then have Ben Barnes. Old Benny Barnesy boy. He played General Kurgan. Otherwise known as Alexander, otherwise known as the Darkling, otherwise known as General of the Second Army, otherwise known as Shadow Summoner. Bum, bum, bum. You understand, people? We've got the Sun Summoner and we've got the Shadow Summoner. Hmm. Yes. We also have, and this was bugging me, right? Because I'm like, I recognise the face, and I can't think who it is. But Zoe Wanamaker plays uh, Bagra, right? Who is, um, yes, Kerrigan's mother. <laughs> we also, I don't really think that's a spoiler. So, you know, it is what it is. So then we have Freddie Carter. He plays Kez Brecker, leader of the dregs, known as Dirty Hands. Hmm. I wasn't quite sure about that, but that's what it says, people. That's what it says. We've got um, Amita Suman. She plays Inja Gaffa. So one of... Um, Kez is, you know, one of his peoples, right? Um, yeah, she's very good. Uh, Kit Young plays Jesper Faye, also one of Kaz's peoples. So that's his little crew, right? We have, um, Dum Dum Dum, Soja Dasgupta. As Zoya Nazlalensky, uh, Simon Sears as Ivan, Howard Childs as Arkan, 
the conductor, um, Julian Kostov as Fedor, Daniel Galligan, Danielle Galligan as Nina Zenkik. Now she's a she plays a, a big role. Um, Callahan Skogman as Matthias Helva. He plays a larger role in the piece as well. Um, yeah, you know, we're going to go with that. There's, I mean, there's more. There are more people, but I mean, I mean you've got to stop somewhere. You've got to stop somewhere. Okay, so the gist is this. Ravka, a fantasy kingdom based on the Tazarat Russian Empire, is set in a war-torn world played, plagued by the Shadowfold, a swath of permanent darkness separating East from West Ravka, which is inhabited by carnivorous winged creatures known as Volkra. Orphan mapmaker Alina Skarkov discovers that she is Grisha, a magic user, who possesses the power to create light, which could be the key to setting her country free from the fold. Alina joins an elite army of Grisha, serving under General Kirigan, the Shadow Summoner. But as she struggles to hone her power, she finds that allies and enemies can be one and the same, and that nothing in this lavish world is what it seems. There are dangerous forces at play, including a crew of charismatic criminals, and it will take more than magic to survive. Ooh, well, what a rush. <laughs> so, yes, that's the series. And I will say, right, out the gate, this, it looks very good. Oh, it looks very good. The special effects, the cinematography, it is lavish. And, yes, oh, it is eye candy. Trust me. Yeah, definitely the, these very lush colours that they use. Like, I mean, I mean, it, it, it is, is in part used to separate the Grisha from, you know, the First Army, right? Um, and, that you know, that works as a kind of thing. It's a little odd, but it does work, right? And, yes, the uniforms and the coats and the, yeah, trappings and all look so good, they do look very good, and you do see, um, a, a Russian inspiration, a Byzantian inspiration on the look, so yes, there is that, now, with that does come one of my issues, let's say, because you have people in all of these fantastic colours, Oh, these magnificent clothes, which never seem to get dirty. These reds and blues that never seem to get dirty. You are marching through dirty, grubby lands. And the clothes never, just never, never, never. Hmm, come on, man. What are we doing here, huh? 
What are we doing? I don't know. It is uh, frustrating. But hey-ho. So we have that. Now, I, I kind of found the changes that they made... A lot of those did make sense, and they did kind of work. Now, I don't know if it works because I know both source materials. I kind of feel it would work even if you didn't read the book, right? Because there's a lot of uh, this weird love and just uh, some terrible... Just weird choices that get made and it makes no sense, right? Now they so they got rid of those and they interjected, yeah, the the crew, Kaz and the rest to um do some things which take characters from one place and they put them closer to a thing and you know, they do all of that. Which you're kind of like, okay, fine. You know, fine. Um, but there are still these weird, like, you've got Alina and Mal, so they're childhood friends, they've been working together for ages and all of this, but they make the friendship super weird, like, it's just weird, you know what I mean, like, the actions that are getting done, you just wouldn't do. You know what I mean? You can be like, oh, yeah, we're buddies, we're doing so. But you, you, the things that they do to be together, it just plays out like, oh, what the fuck, man? It's just super odd, right? So they have this. And one of the big things is at the very start, uh, Lena does, so she's on the same mission as Mal. And it is a cunty little move, <laughs> you know what I mean, because it then put a whole heap of people on the line, and it was just like, wait, what, it's also something that just seemed like there must be, like, there clearly, you know, said there must be, there were other ways, <laughs> you know, to get on that mission, right, there are other ways, and what she did, did, and this is the thing, right, we get, uh, oftentimes, people go do something to get something, right, like steal food, do a thing, and it's all in broad daylight, right, in open spaces, so for them to get into these places, they're in the midst of an army, Right, there's gonna be witnesses, but supposedly no one witnesses them doing these things, which you just yeah roll your eyes at because it's just like they weren't even being discreet in getting there in the first place. So that is just like, huh? Like what the fuck? You know what I mean? So we had that, right? And then it's just some of the shit that goes down within, you know, within the story. You know, you, obviously, right, 
when it's discovered that oh she's a Grisha, then you know everyone's acting weird around her, and you know she's oh, I don't want to be here. But it doesn't take her long for her to be like oh okay I'll be here. You know it's it's weird things like that that it's the typical trappings of these young adult things, right? And and other stuff. It's not just young adult shit, right? You find these lazy little story tropes in a lot of things. Now, one thing that did strike was, you know, Alina kind of narrates a little bit at the beginning, and, you know, she's an orphan and an outcast, and she's just like... When you look different, everyone treats you in a certain way. And you're looking at it and you're like, you look no different than anyone else. Right? That's a so weird thing. Because, you know, she's often like, oh, I'm so different and people treat me differently. And you're just like, she looks like everyone else. Now, I don't know if it's because I can't see for shit. But I did not see... Any difference between her and the other young ladies in the piece. So there's that. Right? There is that. Then you just have other things within the story. Like, so Mao is meant to be this great tracker. But again, there's moments and times when, you know, you, you see him tracking with his friends. And they're just rubbish. And then other times they're great. And then other times they get ambushed. And you're like, hold on, wait, you should have seen that coming. You should have been able to, like, what the fuck is happening here? Right? There's scenes of people in the snow. Sometimes they're all wrapped up. Other times they're not. Right? Even when they're all wrapped up, they're walking around like, it's so cold. It's so cold. But then... When they're not wrapped up, they're just walking around like it's a summer day. You know, it, it's these weird things within the story that you're just like, what? Hey, what is happening here? A real odd thing. And this really, it it really does stand out, right? There's not many old people in the thing, or the old people are um, either, uh, like, just a walk-on character, or a, you know, peripheral character, but there's not really any old people, it just seems to be a world of young people, right, which is weird, yeah, there's no integration, there's no mix of um, old and young and ba ba boom. You know, it's just mainly young, these young people. Now, for the most part, the acting is good, but some of the bit characters, like um, Alina's, you know, her, her Grisha friends when she gets to the little palace, not the best. But to be fair, right? Not really given much. Hearing? And that's the thing. There's some characters that just don't really have a lot to play with. You know, and the motivation seems, oh, they fancied that person. Hearing? Like, like, that's the big thing. So that's the motivation. You know, they're not playing with a lot else. 
right? There's this one point from the book that still kind of crops up in this. They do try and coat it over a little bit more. But it's, you know, a, a, the way Alina attacks someone for doing something. Because, you know, she'd been getting raped since she was 11. And you're just like, wait, 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 wait. You moan that you're an orphan. But you weren't getting raped every fucking day. So calm the fuck down, surely. You know what I mean? Calm the fuck down. You know what I mean? Like, if someone's getting raped every day, they can do what the fuck they want. And they've got a right for vengeance. They've got a right for a lot. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. There's just these, these things within the story that you just, like, this... Really makes no sense, right? What are you doing? So Mal, as you know, I'm Alina's best friend. I secretly fancy her, but I don't know if I do. It, it's one of those things where, um, hey, someone's gonna attack. They've gotta get through me first. It's one of those ones, and um, you're just like, okay. So you're, we're meant to believe that he's able to beat up all of these people, beat up all of these people, even when injured, even when injured, and I'm just like, listen, when you are now in a world where we can see what real fighting is like, because look, boxing is one thing, and boxing is great. Right, and that alone tells you what people, you know, to a degree of what people can take. You know what I mean? But then when you throw in elbows, knees, kicks, right? Once we've we've been watching MMA for the last couple of decades, yeah, and, and you can see what fighting is. When you watch fighting in these things like this and people are getting fucked up and it's just like, but they can win that. You're just like, ah, shut the fuck up. No, I'm not buying it. That is ludicrous. It is silly. It is stupid. Yeah? It's stupid. <sighs> they try and make us, right? There's a, there's a bit in, I think it's episode seven, right? Where they kind of lay it out and be like, hey, here are the motivations of the Darkling, there was a, you know, you've got to feel bad for him, he, it all started off because of, and it's just, that kind of shit, it's just, why, some people are just cunts, you mean, it's just it's like, look, there doesn't have to be, well, the way they are, because, you know, someone they loved was, be like, no, some people are just assholes. It's just the way it is. You know what I mean? It's just the way it is. Okay? Okay. Come on. Stop with the bullshit. Hey. Hey. But no, they throw us that. I mean, just... All of this stuff gets mixed in and out, and it's just, oh, 
you know, send someone out, and you're like, you need to bring her back this amount of coal, and then they don't, but, hey, it doesn't matter, because it's still gonna work out fine in the end, it makes it pointless giving a, you know what I mean, an amount, right, because if the amount doesn't actually matter, why give the amount, you know what I mean, it is this, then you have this other storyline between um, Nina the witch, Nina the witch, which is just, ugh, it's atrocious, that out of, like, listen, a lot of the storylines are terrible, but that storyline is so bad, because it's, from the giddy-up, you know how this is gonna go, right, but there is not enough time to show, right, oh, this person hates this person, oh, but they're gonna end up like this, Oh, and to save a life, they're going to do this. And then it it was nearly as bad as in Monster's Ball, where you've got Halle Berry falling in love with a fucking racist. You know And us to believe, oh, so he starts the film off as a racist, but then suddenly he changes his mind and that he's no longer a racist. Yeah, it's as nonsensical as that. Oi! These are some of the gems <laughs> that are found in shadow and bone. Oi! But listen, right now, these are just me. I I'd say probably nitpicking, right? There's there's things that just bug me about a story. But I I, I will say this, right? I will honestly say this because you know I understand. Some people are going to love it, some people are going to hate it And just because I don't gel with something doesn't mean it's bad I mean, it means it's bad, it's just everyone else has got bad taste But, <laughs> I will say, this is better than The Irregulars Because I couldn't even finish The Irregulars I mean, I did struggle to finish this, but it's better than The Irregulars So if you like The Irregulars, you will definitely like this it's along the lines of Fate the Winks saga. So if you liked that, you will like this. You know? It's it's like the sequels to the Hunger Games. You know? It's your um Maze Runner and that other one that's like the Maze Runner with the people and they've got the insurgent thing, right, so if you like those, you will like this, I was hoping this would be more The Witcher, but unfortunately it's not, but hey ho, <sighs> sometimes, you know, that's the way the cookie rolls, right, but, you know, I imagine this will be a huge success, so that means people, there's gonna be more, Right, because in total, there's five books they're basing all of this on. So I imagine you can at least get two more series. If not, 
they might try and stretch it to four or even five. Who knows? But yes, I imagine there will be more. So it's on Netflix. If you're a fan of the books, I imagine you will like this. Right? If you like Winks the Fate. Fate the Wink Saga, even, you will like this, right? So if you like that kind of stuff, this is, oh, this is going to tickle your little toes. And it looks lovely. So there you go, people. Shadow and Bone Season 1 is on Netflix. Go enjoy it. Okay, so this week I decided to get back to um, Jack Carr's stories of James Reese with book two in his, um, I don't know, what do you call it the Terminal List series? I don't know, whatever, but it's True Believer, narrated by Ray Porter, and um, the gist of the story is this, when a st- string of horrific terrorist attacks plagues the western world during the holiday season the broader markets fall into a tailspin the attacks are being coordinated by a shadowy former iraqi commando who has disappeared into europe's underground the United States government has an asset who can turn the iraq Iraqi against his masters, James Reese, the most wanted domestic terrorist alive. After avenging the deaths of his family and team members, Reese emerges deep in the wilds of Mozambique, protected by the family of his estranged best friend and former SEAL team member. When a series of events uncovers his whereabouts, the CIA recruits him using a presidential pardon for Reese and the immunity for the friends who helped him in his mission of vengeance. Now a reluctant tool of the United States government, Reese travels the globe targeting terrorist leaders and unravelling a geological conspiracy that exposes a traitorous CIA officer and uncovers a sinister assassination plot with worldwide repercussions. A high-intensity rollercoaster ride, True Believer explodes with action and authenticity that cements Jack Carr as the leader in the political thrillers. Hmm, not sure about that, but yes, I um, yeah, got into it, and yet it starts with you know all of these attacks, and you're like, oh, hmm, where is this going? Interesting. Wonder how they're gonna unravel all of this, and then we um, you know. We're in Mozambique, right? Uh, well, not quite straight away, but we kind of follow James Reese and he's kind of, you know, we well, we reminisce with his time in Zimbabwe for a good chunk of time before we're now in Mozambique. And, um, yeah, 
<laughs> that was weird. Right? I, I found that part of the book really weird. Especially. I don't know. Especially because you have, um, you know, this, this character. And, he, you know, because he's gone to stay with his friend's dad. Essentially, right? And the dad is going, um, oh, we call it Rhodesia. And I'm like, wait, what? Wait, what the fuck is happening here? You know what I mean? Because, uh, yeah, Rhodesia, that wasn't a good time. <laughs> like, that was, that was not a good time in the history of Zimbabwe, right? It's, um, pretty fucked up and it was basically it you know is the whole racial bullshit in africa right where europe came to try and take over the country and colonize it and you know where a lot of the countries were you know taking their independence you had this group you know this part of zimbabwe at the time that was run by white people and they were like we don't want to give the country back so yeah they took over and it was called Rhodesia so having this character being like oh yeah we're, you know ugh, I'm calling it this and doing it, it was a bit like wait wh what's happening here like what the fuck is all of this about and then the way that like Everyone's kind of treated it, it was weird Because it wasn't like You know Because it was um, I forget the guy's surname But it's his friend Rafe right? And his dad It wasn't like he was just like Oh yeah you people you it, like He wasn't talking in a bad way But it was, you know, the, the, the hands would eat afterwards and separate. And it was all a little weird. It was all a little weird. And even so, because then he was like, had, you know, Jane, his Reese character be like, um, oh, you, you know, when you're out helping me, we all eat together and we do it like, and... There was all this stuff, and you're like, why is this necessary? Like, I don't know why this is in the book. Because, listen, I understand if it's to, you know, build a character, right? If you're saying a character is kind of racist and stuck in it and doing this thing, fine. You, you know, do the thing. But there didn't seem to be any real relevance to um, any of the characters Because I don't believe we'd met Rafe's dad In Terminal List Right, so we had no information on it I can't even remember much on Rafe Other than he helped James, you know So it was to, to set the dad up like this I mean, it was all a little weird And so... Yeah, it, it kind of, I don't know, 
it, it throws you out of your enjoyment of the book a bit because it's all a bit like I don't know what's happening here. Like, and we spent so much time there. That was the other thing. There was so much time spent in Mozambique to finally have like the situation that got him found and get that was all a little bit like really like that. It all was, I don't know, it, it was weird, right? All of that was weird. So we have all of that, and then we get him, you know, back. And again, when he's back in the fold, there's certain things with characters that, you know, we're like, hmm, what is why, right? So his friend, ugh. God, I'm so bad with names. I'm going to say Fred, right? He's, he's friend Fred. And it's just like, uh, you know, talking about Fred's family. And it was like, oh, yes, and Fred's got a kid. Oh, his kid's got this rare autism. And, you know, it then get into that. And again, you're just like, why? Right? I, like, I didn't really see why that was there. Other than you could be, oh, everyone feels sorry for this character, and you know, and then they set things up, and like, oh, yes, and the kid stood there with his hand at a salute, and everyone, oh, they just started crying because it was such a sad scene. And you're just like, wait, what are we doing? Like, why are these things here? Now, from listening to Car Talk on uh, Rogan. Right, he does like to put little nods to friends in there, like the whole Henzo Gracie stuff about jujitsu, black rifle coffee, and just things like that. So I'm assuming he knows someone with a kid, you know, who who has um these conditions. Right, maybe he's trying to shine away. I don't know. But it just felt like a weird addition, right? Because it kind of was out of no... There was no need for it. Because we don't know... Like, we, you know what I mean? If we're meeting the characters and you're... You know, the characters are actually a big part of the book. Fine, yes, you build... You can build them up and add this backstory and what... But essentially, we don't need them, right, it's just like, yes, he's married, he's got kids, that's it, because we don't really know anything else, there's like nothing, it was, yeah, I don't know, it just seemed an odd thing for me, maybe it was, it worked for other people, I don't know, right, but, so we have all of this, so there's a lot of these threads going out there that just don't seem to really bring the story forward in any significant way, right, so we've got all of this, but then, like, we still aren't learning a lot about, you know, Fred or some of these other characters in general, so when certain things happen, you kind of get a feeling you know, what may be in store for some characters, right, but 
we get to the point in the book where you've done, like, they've done certain things, done certain parts, and they'd work certain stuff out, but you still had this one kind of last thread, but the book's nearly at an end, so it did seem a bit of a rush, a bit of a rush to kind of conclude and tie things up with this remaining bit of the story, which essentially kind of takes Reese and puts him in a place for future adventures, as it were, you know? Which, um, yeah, it, that all of that was, it, you know, did seem a little rushed, right? Which was a bit like, uh, okay. And I did think, like, one interesting part of the first book was the, yeah, the head stuff, right? Because you're thinking, okay, that then gives you this out. I mean, well, not so much of an out, let's say. We've got a timer, right? Which makes it interesting because then at least, because at one point with a lot of these series is, you, you never really feel the characters in jeopardy because you know that they go on for a long-ass time. You know, we could be put. 20, uh, you know, it's just like, yeah, well, the character's going to get out of that, because, you know, they want to keep this cash cow going, but with this whole thing that we had, it was just like, oh, I wonder how many books we will get before, boom, it's over, it's done, so that was interesting, but it's kind of off the table now, which just seemed a bit like, wait, what? Huh? Oh. Alright. But it was just a bit anticlimactic. Like, I, I suppose, you know, maybe it could have been done in a way. You know, as part of a mission in one of the books that, yeah, if he does this thing and he stumbles upon a thing that could help. Or leads to something else. You know what I mean? Like, that could have been interesting. But this, it was all, oh, yeah, there was a, a message on your voice machine. <laughs> Which is like, oh, okay. So, um, I guess that's not a thing anymore. <laughs> so it's just like, ah, oh, all right. Huh. Okay. So, yeah, it's an odd book. It feels very uneven to me. Uh, like, there's bits that I really did enjoy. You know, some of the action sequences and, you know, those parts. I enjoy those parts. Or, like, the espionage and all of that. I mean, oh, that's good. That was done well. But, yeah, there's just these meandering parts of the book that I'm just a bit, like... Urgh, do we need this? Can we speed this bit up? You know? So, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of in two minds on what to do. Right? I, I do technically have one more book. Right? It was on a sale. So, um, yeah. 
ain't what you know when something's on the the 199 sale you're just like all right fuck it i'll grab this so uh yeah i've, I've got one more so i guess i'm going to you know do one more book to see am i on this or am i or is this just a lost cause right i i'm gonna I'm gonna do that, I feel. So, um, I've got, uh, what is it? It's, um, Savage Sun. So, yes, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give Savage Sun a go at some point, and that will be it. If, if it sits well, then boom, I'm, I'm on, I'm sticking with it. But, uh, yeah, that's gonna be the, the litmus test for whether I can move forward with this series, because I am on the fence. Um, yeah, I, I do, I am preferring kind of, um, you know, Mark Greenway at the moment, but, um, gosh, who did I read recently? Who I'd say this is probably kind of similar to, um, Oh my days, what's the name of that dude and the book? Uh, Simon Koenig, right? So, yes, I'm like, if you're a fan of Simon Koenig, then I, I think this might, you know, especially Sev Severed, right? If you enjoyed Severed by Simon Koenig, then you might enjoy this book, you know? And if you like the term, if you really enjoyed the terminal list, then this will probably really works for you, so, yeah, if that's right, then I'd say, give True Believer a go, because, yeah, it will probably be for you, okay, now, the narration was good, I was down with that, you know what I mean, but, uh, yeah, there you go, um, I did it on Audible, as always, so, um, people, True Believer, second book from Jack Carr, Okay, people, so we have reached the end of another episode. But before we do, let's take a look and see what's happening in the world of Tatavery. So, over on HBO, their huge show, Succession, is getting a third season. And Alexander Skarsgård, hey, he's coming along for the ride. Alright, so he's going to join as a recurring character. Yeah. So, um, that should be fun. I don't know. I haven't watched it, right? It was floating around on Now TV, but before I could watch it, they took it off. So, when they bring it back, I might check it out. But people, yeah, Scarguard joining season three. Yeah. Alright, so in other news, right, you had um, Tuka and Birdie was on Netflix, you know, the Tiffany Haddish, Ali Wong, weird cartoon series thing, where they were weird animals, but got cancelled, it's all good though, because Adult Swim picked it up, and season 2 will be dropping on the 13th of June. So, boom, there you go, people. 
something to look forward to, okay? Now, something that could be very interesting. It's a little, it's one of those things, right? Certain information has been covered a lot, but it's still, sometimes little gems come out, right? So, so time, they are working on a new TV series through Alex Kurtzman. So, it's not just Star Trek for old Kurtzman, right? And it's going to be called Scarface and the Untouchable, right? So, um, it's been written by Ben Jacoby and um, it's an adaptation of a Max Allen Collins book, right? So, um, yeah, it was about the years long battle between Prohibition era Chicago gangster Al Capone and his lawman Elliot Ness. So, yeah. You know, we, we, we had the Untouchables film, which I enjoyed, right? And I think those characters have cropped up in other series that have been around and all of that kind of thing. But they're saying, you know, it's going to explore Prohibition-era politics, industrialization, mass media, the immigrant experience, law enforcement, and the birth of organized crime as it spans from the roaring 1920s into the Great Depression. It will look at Al Capone, corporalized crime on a level never before imagined, and how revolutionary cockness fought an uphill battle to reform law enforcement. So, uh, yeah. We'll see how that one goes, people. Alright, so, uh, other news. Okay, so, um, there's a new show coming called Proxy, right? It's, uh, gonna star Emma Booth in the lead role. And it's spanning from a, a short film of the same name, right? So, um... Dominic Joseph Luna and Halal Azasan are going to be executive producing the piece. Right? Um, it's coming through AC Studios. Right? And um, it looks like it's produced by Kim Hodgert and Cami Putnam Heist. So, uh, yeah, it's a serialized global sci-fi drama set in a near future where electronic mass surveillance and a social credit system have entirely crippled personal freedom. Proxies, psychological surrogates, have become the only reasonable option for anyone who can't risk losing their wealth and liberty for understandable behavior. Hmm. Could be interesting, people. Could be interesting. So, um, got a little bit of Netflix news. Uh, the third and I believe final season of the Kaminsky Method will be dropping on the 28th of May. So, um, 
that should be interesting, right? The the former lead, one of them is dead now. So yeah, we'll see how they get around all of that. And uh, you know, I think I wasn't the only person that despised it because Netflix they've cancelled the irregulars. Yeah, it is is not getting a second season. Dum dum dum. <laughs> so yeah, you know, it had problems, man. It had problems. Now, it didn't look terrible, but when you've got great storytelling in shows like Falcon and the Winter Soldier, this ugh, it paled. And even Shadow and Bone, right? Obviously, I did. It didn't sit with me, but that was still better than the Irregulars people. You know, it is what it is. You know what I mean? But some people liked it. You know, I know people that liked it. It is what it is. You know. Um. Now they cancel one. They're doing. A, they're bringing another through. So. There, Netflix are currently working on an eight-episode period drama. Um, yeah, I think it's called 1899, right? Um, now, it unfolds on an immigrant ship crossing the Atlantic in the 19th century. The crew embark on a hopeful voyage of rebirth in a new land. Things quickly become nightmarish, however, when they come across a, a drift ship that has been missing for months. Dum dum dum. So yes. Now, what they're going to be doing? They're having a cast. You know, because it's ships and ships, you get foreign people and the like. So they're getting people from all across Europe, but. They're speaking their own languages, right? They're not going to be like, oh, you've got to speak English, or oh, this is going to be a French show. No, everyone's going to be speaking their native tongues, which, um, yeah, interesting. Going to be infuriating with the subtitles. I feel that will be a big issue. But you know, it is always interesting when people try different things. So yes, uh, that is coming. So, if you play video games, you may have played League of Legends, because I hear it's big. Well, this is going to interest you because Riot Games have teamed up with Netflix, and they are making a TV series based on the game. It's going to be called Arcane. And um, it's an event series, right? So it's going to be telling the origin stories of two of the League of Champions iconic characters, and the power that eventually tears them apart. Dum dum dum. Yeah, I mean, hey. So Shauna Spenley. The global president of Riot Games says this. Arcane was created as a love letter to our players and fans who have been asking us for more cinematic experiences that dive deeper into the worlds and champions in leagues of legends. 
So, um, yes. There you go, people. You have that to look forward to, and it sounds like it's going to be dropping in the fall. Okay, so, also, over on ABC, they've renewed the um, David Kelly series Big Sky for a second season. Right, so, um, yeah, I know that's on, uh, it's on uh, Stars on the Disney Plus. Haven't watched it yet, but uh, supposedly it was ABC's most watched first year series um, in a, a long ass time, averaging 7.86 million viewers. Whew. That is a lot of people. But also, season two is getting a new showrunner. Elwood Reed will be taking over. And uh, let us, yeah, let us end with um, with this, shall we? So, uh, Epics, which I have no clue where the fuck that is, but they are, um, yeah, they're doing a new TV series. It's eight episodes, and it's based on Billy the Kid. That's right, it's a western. Mm-hmm. Right, so um, it's from Michael Hurst, you know, the creator of Vikings, the Tudors, all of that jazz. Uh, so, um, yeah, they're going to start filming in June. And, um, yeah, it's uh, an epic romantic adventure based on the life of Billy the Kid, otherwise known as uh, William H. Bonnie. Um, from his humble Irish roots to his early days as a cowboy on the American frontier to his pivotal role in the Lincoln County War and beyond. Huh, I do like a good western, so um, let's see if Hearst can do to this what he did for Vikings. But people, that is us. We are done. Enjoy your week, and we will see you again next Wednesday. All right? Peace.